Hello, all you University of Coruscant Sabres. I'm James McDonald, creator of the UFC, and I thought I would take an extra second before we kick off Season 4 to thank you. I'm pretty sure that this will be the grand finale for the University of Coruscant. I don't like making guarantees because I'm usually wrong, but Coruscant has been everything that I wanted. I got to work with some fabulous podcasters, meet up with some old friends, found some new friends, and uh, just had a blast all around. This has truly been my love letter to Star Wars, and I cannot thank you enough for all of the kind things that you've said about the show. If you're looking for what I'm up to from now on, I'm working with a couple very good friends on all sorts of projects, both inside the Star Wars universe and out. You can find it all at spacewizardstavern.com. And that's kind of what it's all about. Just having a good time with friends in this big universe that George created for us. Back to the task at hand, this last season is a banger, so dust off your textbooks, put on your Jedi classroom robes, and get ready to join Dr. Ravencourt, and more importantly for most of you, Todd, for one last adventure. Maybe. This is a Space Wizards Tavern production. Welcome to the University of Coruscant. As part of your enrollment here, you have access to the attached Holonet recording. You've selected a lecture by Dr. Sonny Ravencourt on Galactic History. You've selected a lecture by Dr. Sonny Ravencourt on Lesser Known Jedi. You've selected a lecture on Sifo Diaz. If you have any questions about this lecture or wish to contact us, please visit universityofcoruscant.com. Hey students, it's me, Professor Ravencourt. Normally we'd start the semester with a lecture in the Grand Lecture Hall at the University of Coruscant. Unfortunately, after that happens, I have tended to go a little off script, what with shooting a holodrama, being chased by my Bothan associate turned bounty hunter. I, I guess it's all on the holopad if you want to download the previous semesters. I would. But honestly, it's a little embarrassing. But I'm still here, handsome as ever. Possibly even more, sir. Not now, Todd. Wait, wait, yes, Todd. Possibly. You've really stepped up your game over these last few semesters. Remind me to give you an extra point or so on your TA review. I graduated six months ago, sir. Really? Well, I'm sure that that degree in, uh... Well, well, whatever it was you were studying is going to be really useful out there in the real galaxy. Narcissistic psychology in humans. Huh. Well, that sounds pretty miserable, honestly. I'll bet your classes were just crazy boring. You'd be surprised. I'm never surprised, Todd. I'm hyper aware of my surroundings at all times. Remember how I beat those womp rats at Sabak to win our trailer back on the set of Tauntaunado? That was me, sir. Eh, pretty sure it wasn't. What about when I paid off our bounty by winning that big Sabak game on Canto Bite? Also me, sir. Well, the bounty was definitely on me. You have me there, sir. Haha! <laughs> Perhaps that's my Jedi skills showing themselves in the early stages again. 
I'm sure all the students listening will remember quite well that I moved that chair with the force at the end of the last semester. Once we arrive at the Jedi Temple, I'll try to introduce you to any important people I meet, you know, as a favor. We're here, sir. Ah, so we are. We've literally been standing here for ten minutes, sir. Excellent observation, Todd. And right where we mean to be. At the time we mean to be it at. That's Jedi wisdom. I'm going to have to explain that one to you later. Sir, before we go in, did you actually apply at a Jedi temple? No, but I assume that once they knew I had the Force that they would be clamoring to get me to enroll? Ah, you, sir. You must be with admissions. Why, yes! I am with admissions. What an excellent start to your education at the West 1004th Street Jedi Temple. You're very perceptive. I was just telling my teaching assistant Todd that very thing. He's wearing a tag that says, Hello, my name is Admissions. Not now, Todd. I must say, I was surprised to find that this was the particular temple that I received my communication from. It's not quite what I expected, and a little bit out of the way. I'm sorry, sir, do you have a real name other than Admissions? Everyone here calls me Admissions Gary. I run the admissions office for the temple. It would appear to only be you in this office, Gary. That's admissions, Gary. And yes, I am the only one in the admissions office, but we run a tight ship here. No slacking. This temple has definitely seen some better days, but we're improving it, starting with my team right here. Let's get you registered for your first classes and on your way to becoming a real Jedi, like me. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on there, admissions Gary. You are a Jedi? That's right, part of the Jedi Corps. Or is it Corpse? I can never remember, but this was my assignment and I'm proudly fulfilling my destiny. Wow. Destined to run the admissions office at the West 1004th Street Jedi Temple. I guess I'm glad that I was destined to be a famous holodrama actor. Well, I'm gonna need to go in the back room and get your application. Famous holodrama actor, you say? We don't see many of you at the Jedi Temple. Something about all of this is familiar. I'll be right back. Can't you, like, uh, I don't know, speed up this process with the Force or something there, Admissions Gary? You think someone with an awesome mastery of the Force is assigned to the Admissions office? Noted. Well, we'll see you in a minute. Todd, I think now would be an appropriate time to put up a lecture for the University on the old Holonet. Still cashing those checks, aren't you, sir? You know it, my fishy friend. Well, since my life has taken a turn for the light side of the Force, I thought this semester would be a great time to do a series on famous lightsiders. The Jedi have been around for a very long time, and prior to that, the Jedi, which I now realize is mostly just different in the spelling and not so much the pronunciation, but whatever. They're all a bunch of Force do-gooders. But there's some real gems in their history. 
I like to highlight some of the lesser known stories in the galaxy. Unlike my own story, some of these get lost in the eons of time and pass sometimes into that vague category that I like to call legend. We're all prisoners to time, unfortunately. Some of these stories even have the basic details differing depending on the historian who wrote about it. Did he have one child or three? Was he or she even married to that person or was it someone else entirely? So I'm gonna do what I always have and just tell the tales that I want to. Remember, I'm not a galactic historian. I'm just a fan of galactic history. What if I gave you the ability to see the future, but instead of seeing a clear path forward, you saw only a cryptic message of destruction. You saw pain, you saw fire and suffering, but only glimpses of where and how it happens. Good thing, you might say, now I can prevent that future from ever happening. But what are the actions you're gonna take to prevent this gray and fuzzy future? What if those actions are just ensuring that it takes place? How can you know for sure that you are not creating the very thing that you saw in your vision of the future? The Force has a long history of providing visions to certain talented Jedi and Sith. While the visions are rarely the same, one thing is consistent amongst all reports. They are difficult to interpret, so much so that many masters have taken to what they think to be a safe stance on visions of the future. They believe you simply can't trust them, and that if you lack the hubris to admit that you can't know how your actions will affect the future, well, that's a recipe for disaster. And there's that word again, hubris. But wait a minute, you say, the Force picked me to show that vision. Why would the Force choose me to show the vision if it didn't want me to act on it? And that little word, hubris, floats gently into the background of history as you take your first steps to change the future, while at the same time ensuring that it comes true. This is the story of Jedi Master Siphodius. Born about a hundred years before the Battle of Yavin, Siphodius was a human who was the son of a fisherman, and I cannot believe how much I enjoy starting a story like this. The son of a fisherman. How amazing is the randomness of who ends up changing the galaxy? Son of a fisherman. There's got to be a trillion fishermen in the galaxy. That is just awesome. Anyway, Standard Jedi kidnap plan, they end up identifying Siphodius and off he goes to the academy where he meets his lifelong friend and hijinks counterpart, Dooku, later known more commonly as Count Dooku. Siphodius and Dooku were childhood friends and rivals, but Dooku was miles ahead in the combat territory. So much so that during a particularly important duel in front of their superiors, Dooku defeated Siphodius blindfolded with an arm tied behind his back. That sounds kind of like a jerk move, honestly. But so close was their relationship that Dooku allowed Siphodius to bring the duel to a stalemate and save some face. It didn't really work out for Dooku as he intended though, because after that, Siphodius was selected by Master Kostana as her Padawan learner instead of Dooku. This didn't really 
please the future count and we could probably write a whole semester on the psychological impacts of small slights on Count Dooku. But whatever. This isn't galactic psychology, although I think I'd be pretty solid at teaching that too. Right, Todd? No, sir. Uh, whatever, you know I would. Anyways, now that Sifo-Dyas was a Padawan, his mind really opened up, and here is where we get our first vision. Sifo-Dyas sees a planet on fire, and he is fortunate enough to be able to identify the planet as Proto-Branch. So, let's pause here for a second to appreciate the sequence of events that's gonna unfold here. You have a teenage Jedi Padawan who's seen a Force vision, which is a rare thing unto itself. It's not really clear, but you know where it will take place. Do you inform the Jedi Council? Do you inform the planet? Will that cause mass chaos? Will it prevent destruction? Will it save lives? Sifo-Dyas and Dooku seem to think so. The Jedi Council, eh, they were less convinced. The words that they used were difficult to interpret. Basically, they said, hey, thanks for coming, bringing this to our attention. We would love to look into it, but there's, uh, there's just not enough to go on. Also, you're like 16, and we're not big on creating pandemonium because a teenager said your planet is going to catch fire. But hey, thanks for stopping by. Rather than taking the rejection in stride, sifo Dooku, and Master Costana decide to inform Tavetti, the senator who represented Protobranch. Tavetti is mostly concerned about the resources of the planet being destroyed rather than the welfare of its citizens. Not a great look in my opinion, nor in sifo eyes. So now, the council is forced to do something which does not please them. So they send a reluctant Jedi Master Yoda with the crew to go check out the planet Proto-Branch. I'm just gonna skip to the end of this little chapter and tell you the punchline. It does not go well. The planet is hit by a massive solar storm and catches fire just like sifo saw coming. Most of the inhabitants are incinerated and the Jedi barely escape with their lives. sifo takes it personally though. What if the Jedi Council had taken him seriously? What if he did more? He could have prevented this catastrophe. He could have saved billions of lives. He saw this happen and they didn't do enough. Dooku had a similar reaction of disillusionment. What kind of senator only cares about the resources of a planet rather than the inhabitants? These would be formative events that would reverberate through history. Sifo-Dyas, Dooku, and Costana would dance around each other in history, far past the Padawan stages and into Jedi knighthood, and eventually master, never straying too far apart in their adventures. I guess that was more normal back then. But Sifo-Dyas continued to have Force visions, and you gotta think that the disaster on Proto-Branch was always in the back of his mind. The visions were so vivid and frequent that he even developed a stutter. And one day, during a mission with his two friends, he had a vision of Dooku, standing in front of a massive crowd, all of them chanting Dooku's name, which just floors sifo rendering him incapable of finishing the mission. Sure enough, 
Dooku leaves the Jedi Order, taking the role of Count on his homeworld in front of the cheering masses and fulfills the vision, simultaneously leaving the Jedi Order and his lifelong friend. Now on his own, Sifo-Dyas eventually joins the Jedi Council, but the visions never end, and eventually, I think, he's just at their mercy. Just prior to the invasion of Naboo, Sifo-Dyas sees his most important vision yet, a full-scale galactic conflict, the Clone War. He brings his vision to the Council, but just like when he was a child, the message has not changed. Difficult to interpret force visions are. Can you imagine the frustration? His entire life, Sifo-Dyas has been subjected to seeing vague but terrible futures come true over and over. And still, the Jedi Council telling him not to act. Well, not this time. Not with this vision. Sifo-Dyas goes to Kamino in secret and convinces them that he has the approval of the Jedi Council to order the creation of the Grand Army of the Republic, the Clone Army, who would prevent this horrific vision from coming true. And just like that, the son of a fisherman secured a future of death and destruction for an entire galaxy, all while trying to prevent it from coming true. As a postscript to this story, Sifo-Dyas and Dooku would cross paths one last time, albeit indirectly. When Darth Sidious found out about the clone army, he decided that Sifo-Dyas was a loose end that needed to be wrapped up and ordered Count Dooku, now the Sith Lord Darth Tyrannus, to do the deed. Dooku paid the Pikes, a crime syndicate, to destroy Sifo-Dyas' ship above the Obadiah Moon. After it was done, Dooku cremated the body of his lifelong friend on Fallujah after convincing the local tribal leaders that he was killed there in a conflict. Thus, the true death of Sifo-Dyas was hidden from the Jedi, leaving the clone army a secret for the time being. And that's the tale of Sifo-Dyas, a man who never wavered in his quest to do right, but lacked the hubris to realize that the Force is infinitely capable of making the future happen in whatever ways it sees fit. But honestly, if it was you, what would you do? Accept that we're all swept up in the Force and do nothing? Or act as you believe the Force is guiding you? In the end, did it matter? Is the only difference between us and Sifo-Dyas the tragedy that he saw his unavoidable future, whereas the rest of us, I guess, just have to look surprised. Let's pull up your application. Holodrama actor, five-time Sheevy Best Actor winner. That was definitely not you. Quiet, Todd. Clearly, I should have won it five times. I also should have been nominated. Lifetime Achievement winner? You even won the Sheev got? Twice? How'd you do that? This isn't your resume. This is Zane Organo's resume. Thank you, Admissions Gary. Winning all those awards and being universally revered as the galaxy's greatest holodrama actor took a lot of hard work and natural, effortless talent. And that is definitely me and definitely not somebody else. I can't believe it. 
you must certainly be the one the prophecy foretold. Uh, I'm sorry, what now? The prophecy. I have it memorized. <coughs> Ancient halls of... Holy Sith! What? Are you okay? Was that too loud? Yes! And what happened to your voice? Oh, it's an app. It's called Professo. It changes your voice when you need a prophecy, so you sound all important and prophetic. Well, it scared the Sith out of me. Wait. Sith. Sith. What the force? Bantaspit, why can't I swear? What is going on here? Oh, yeah, you can't swear in the temple. Why the fin not? Ooh, that was a weird one. It's a profanity filter. This is a Jedi temple. It's a place of solitude, and we can't have you just swearing it up. Dude, Master Fisto. Fine. Okay. Let me hear that prophecy again. Ancient Porkins. Okay, 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 okay. I thought I thought I was ready. I wasn't ready. Okay, this time I'm really ready. Go ahead, go ahead and lay it on me. Ancient halls of knowledge face great peril. One student, an accomplished and awarded figure of many faces, on their success rests the future. Else pathways to the Force be windowed and windows be shuttered. Son of a Bespin. You said it, Todd. This concludes your lecture from the University of Coruscant. For all questions, please visit universityofcoruscant.com. This is a Space Wizards Tavern production.